you, 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 you give us a hard time for being white and being American and being in control. I did more for our black population than anybody other than Abraham Lincoln, okay? And nobody's even close. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. It's our God, Jesus Christ, has turned the tables on you. Amen. Victory. I hear a sound of an abundance of rain. I hear a sound of victory. The Lord says it is done. I bet he can't wait to go home and be, become a black man again. This is Profane Faith, a podcast that engages faith on the margins. Faith that has been labeled profane, nonconformist, and or out there. We'll be exploring the intersections of the sacred, secular, and profane to find God. We won't be trying to answer difficult questions. Rather, we'll be engaging them and asking better ones regarding faith, race, gender, and religion. I'm your host, Daniel White Hodge. Woo, well, here we are, folks. Another week. Oh, my gosh. Hope you're doing well. Hope you are uh, living life uh, to the fullest. Um, if you're listening to Real Time, um, you know, this weekend was the Super Bowl weekend. So uh, Mr. Brady got himself another Super Bowl ring. Ah, spoiler alert. So hopefully you're not listening to this. Well, hopefully you are listening to this before you see the Super Bowl recorded. Maybe you recorded it and maybe you are listening to Profane Faith. So sorry. Spoiler alert. Um, giving that out and right now. So... <laughs> Sorry about that, but uh, yeah. Um, I think what caught me this year with the commercials, first of all, I didn't think the commercials were that great this year. And um, as I was watching them, it was it caught me just some of this stuff with unity and being together and we're all in this together. And Jeep has a you know commercial about being in the middle, like meeting in the middle somewhere. And I'm like, oh man, that is way to miss the damn point. Um, yeah, meeting in the middle. I mean, I think that's okay for, you know, certain aspects of marriage. Uh, you know, if you with your partner, your spouse, and y'all trying to work out something. And, you know, the degree, obviously, it, de- it depends on the degree of the offense. Um, you know, if you're in a physically or any kind of abusive, you know, relationship, there's, there's no middle, right? Um, there's no middle ground with racists. There's no middle ground with Nazis. There's no middle ground with the Klan. <laughs> okay um and you know that's that's what gets me right it's this kind of like let's be together and the whole time they're showing this old white guy you know going into the church and praying you know because they talked about this one church that meets somewhere in the middle like in dead center of the united states and how you know that church is open to anyone and everything and i you know anytime i hear that especially when a church i remember i attended a, a church one time that said oh, we're the church with no limits and i was like the hell y'all are right um because we all know that's a pile of shit i mean that there, there's there every church has limits every church even churches that say oh we're non-denominational bullshit y'all have some kind of creed that y'all stand on um so you know it this this whole idea and notion of standing in the middle this this idea of trying to come together again that is uh, that is what has been lying in the in the imagination of white folks for so long um, it's what's, you know, pissed me off so much about, you know, motherfuckers who's still trying to make shit work in evangelical outreach organizations, right? Um, it Because it's not. It's not going to work. There's no middle ground. You either come, assimilate, or not. <laughs> and you can leave. Um, and, you know, I... I it's stuff like that, that, those narratives, right, that just that kind of just drive me up a wall. Because it's not just a commercial, right? It's, it's more of an ideological uh, construct that... 
when you think about it, it 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 you know it is it erodes the actual real work that needs to be done. Um, and it's a nefarious one because it gets into the psyche of people and their understanding of what change needs to happen. It's like the NFL talking about in racism and, you know, we're in this together and, uh, you know, we're let's, you know, support the community. I'm like, uh, uh, have y'all hired back Kaepernick? <laughs> right. Cause when y'all do, I might believe y'all, but until then, uh, fuck that. <laughs> so, uh, oh man, you know, it's, it's just some of the ironies, right, that, that come out. And Cornell West was right. I don't know if it was he who said it or somebody else. I, I heard him say it the most about, you know, we're the United States of amnesia. We forget things so quickly, right? One of the announcers said that Tom Brady, you know, he's done his career the right way, the whole way. And I'm like, really? Did he? Because a few years ago, he got caught for cheating uh, and was suspended for that stupid shit, too. Y'all remember that shit? Mm. Oh, but y'all still remember motherfucking Michael Vick. Right with them goddamn dogs. Remember that? Remember that? They still hold on to that shit, man. And and but Tom Brady did it right. Oh man, that's a t again, again. It's the type of shit that just it infuriates me. It infuriates me because you know that that type of stuff. It's sports like football, and this gets me because I love football. Y'all know this. You know me. You know I love football. Um, and it, you know I've you know I struggled. You know when people were like all oh, the strike and everything, and you know uh. It, 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 it was, you know, it, it kills me with football because it's such a binary. Well, really almost any sport is a binary function, right? It's a, you do this work, then you'll, you'll be all right. There was another commercial. I think it was for some, uh, banking thing for your house. And, and they were saying about how all you have to do is believe, believe and work hard. Right. And, and you too will succeed. You can climb Mount Everest. If all you got to do is believe I'm like, Really? Oh, okay. So, so I believe so. The four hundred thousand people who plus people who have died of COVID just didn't believe enough, right? <laughs> right. The the fools that are stuck in the hood right now in low income housing, they just didn't believe. That's and seeing that again, these are all these bootstrap narratives that hold us back and tie us down, um, and that's the kind of shit for me that I'm trying to deconstruct and and move away from uh, because they're not helpful. Um, it's not helpful. It's like getting gum stuck in your goddamn, you know, pubes, right? Not even your hair, the top of the head, your pubes, right? That's, you got to cut that shit out. There's no, there's no middle ground with that. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I mean, there's no just working hard at that. Nah, hell nah, man. I gotta, I gotta get rid of that shit. So yeah, it just cracks me up. Just some of the discourse that, that happens, um, it, you know, with with commercials, because right, the, the Super Bowl commercials, right? That's kind of the uh, uh, um, a a national, if you will, really international, but you know, really a national, uh, you know, kind of a public sphere, if you will, you know, to share ideas and and uh, and well, not even to share ideas, just to really to promote and sell shit. Really, that's what it's about, right? I mean, it's not even sharing ideas. Like we're going to put all these ideas out there. Nah, it's really just about selling shit. This is capitalism at its highest, right? We're going to sell you shit. What we're trying to tell you that it, you just got to work a little harder, right? You just got to work a little harder. You just got to believe and, and you too uh, can make it, man. It's just, that's a pile of shit, man. Um, <laughs> so, you know, Super Bowl always cracks me up, man. I'm looking forward to talking with my class this week. Uh, I have a teaching a class right now on social media uh, and the family and friends. And uh, we'll be talking about Super Bowl ads and, you know, just the impact and effect of that. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's, it's just, again, crazy shit, crazy shit, y'all. 
stay woke, right? That's what they say, stay woke. Uh, but at the same time, you don't want to stay too much woke because, you know, sleep is important. I think that's that's a that's a big thing. That's a big thing. But that's for another episode. We'll get to sleeping and, and rest and all that good stuff. We got a question that came in uh, via the internet. Um, as you know, uh, this season I set up a link uh, it's a Google Doc. If you have questions and you want me to just uh, wrestle with some stuff, or you know, not like I said, I don't want to be the, the Bible answer guy, um, but you can kind of interact and you know, pose some stuff and put some feedback in there. And we got a question, um, and uh, it, it's a good question, really. Um, uh, this person asked, "My question is simple: What's the difference between evangelical Christianity and cults?" You can take that further and question all of organized religion, but. I do think there's something different between traditional Christianity and evangelicalism because of the emotional connection with God that evangelicals put forward as central to their faith. I don't think that's biblical, nor do I think the Bible has uh, to be the only way to find God, but that's a whole nother other topic. They put that in parentheses. I'll take my question off the air. <laughs> okay. I like that last part. Um, so I think... So here's the thing. I'll try. I am not an expert on cults. Um, I, you know, I believe I was part of one <laughs> in my early um, religious years, um, you know, in terms of just the community that I was a part of. I think that it had forms of cult in terms of, you know, the leader, followers, the group, the, the meshing, the strong, cohesive network, strong cultural mores, the fact that, um, you know, you stepped out of line, you know, that was, there was severe penalties for that. Um, there's rarely folks that actually leave that. So I think there's, there's elements that are within evangelicalism, which is one of the reasons why I'm not a fan of denominations. And if you're a part of a denomination, I, you know, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I know all of us have our, 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 you know, our beliefs and our, in our, in our spaces. So I'm, I, I get that. Um, and there's some, some great people doing some great work in different denominations. Um, but for me, um, I would say that I think that when people get more caught up on creeds, uh, you know, traditions, um, the ideological structure of that organization, then they do people. Um, and then that's, you know, and, and of course, you can look at that with any organization. Of course, I mean, that shit happens in, in higher education. People get caught up with publications and name and, and you know, and hey, look at me. I, I went and, and, and lectured over at this place. You know, I'm the best or I put this book out in it. So number one. So I get that. And that's I push against that as well. I think when you think about what this person right here is asking, um, you know, uh, what's the difference between evangelical Christian and cults? I think there's a strong connection because evangelicalism itself right this idea and notion of personal relationship with christ being saved um you know kind of there's there's a list of things that go into that um and you know there's a list of centerings right centering on salvation centering on on you know true biblical study or or you know that again centering on you know that relationship with jesus christ so i think all those elements can produce cult-like mannerisms that now that doesn't necessarily mean that is a cult but it can produce cult-like mannerisms. There's, you know, it's it's like as humans, we are continually seeking out some type of, of realm of leadership. Um, you know, I'm working on a book right now, like I've mentioned before with my good friend and colleague, uh, Dr. Jennifer Baldwin uh, on marveling religion. And, you know, I get to watch the Marvel Universe for research and take notes. Um, and in the first uh, Avengers episode, Loki, um, comes out and he talks about how humans, you know, they desire to be led. 
and he wants to lead. He wants, you know, he wants that strong leadership role to, you know, to lead all humans. But it's, but it's almost like, you know, there is that sense, right? And so, and especially when you add in the strong religious divide between, you know, the secular world and, and the religious and the sacred, right? And, you know, there, there are still folks who hold on to the them out there, but we're in here. That those are elements of being within a cult. All right, let's just let's just keep it 100. Right, them folks out there, the worldly people, the secular folks, the people without God, the godless. You know, I remember, you know, again, hanging around in my evangelical days, you know, talking about the heathens and and talking about the lost, right? They're lost. So, you know, that terminology, that discourse, while not in the moment may seem or may be right off the bat as, you know, um, you know, a cult in and of itself, again, it produces some of those manners which can lead to cult-like and cultish, you know, standards uh, within different organizations. We know plenty, right? Um, my, You know, I just had a brother man, you know, Josue on here, you know, a couple weeks ago talking about how he left a particular church. Great podcast that he, you know, th that he has, Leaving the Rock. Uh, you can go back, you know, and check on, you know, check that out if you haven't heard it. Um, my own story. I mean, and I'm sure there's countless of others, hundreds of you who are probably listening to this who have left a particular area that was like cult-like. Right. You know, and you think about certain uh, organizations that are like that. There's a leader, you know, strong, dynamic personality, people following that person um, and people fall into the snare and the trap of, of being caught up in that. So I think there's a lot of similarities, you know, and that's for me is where like creeds, you know, come through and uh, and, and really start to show up and manifest themselves. And then you throw in race and you throw in gender. Right. Because a lot oftentimes these cult leaders are men, not that women, you know, don't don't do that uh but oftentimes they're men um and you know the reality of it is is that you know when there is such an emphasis on certain things uh again people get caught up with the idea and the notion of it rather than looking at the bigger and broader picture um it's like i don't know a couple weeks ago uh my daughter and i uh we were you know we go to the park to just get our puppy's energy out right and uh you know we it's 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 and it's like a a three squared enclosed so there's gates around three areas of the of the park it's a, it's a little park a square park um and the back part doesn't have a gate so we go to the furthest part where there's like you know it's enclosed and there's nobody else around we're just and, and my daughter likes to do like agility right that's the context um so we went there one time and you know this is this is right before it started getting really cold and and you know we got all these you know measurements of snow uh, and a city worker was there because uh, it was connected to the the local, you know, the Oak Park Village. And so, you know, brother man comes over and says, hey, man, um, you know, the dog's got to be on a leash. And, you know, I was cool. I wasn't tripping or anything like that. But I'm thinking to myself, first of all, there's nobody else in the park. And I get that's the rule, right? The letter of the law says no dogs off leash. But there's nobody else in this goddamn park, okay? The park is probably like maybe 50 yards, okay? And maybe, I don't know, you know, 30 yards, you know, across. So, so it's like 50 yards deep, 30 yards wide, you know? And so, and we're on the, the furthest corner towards the back, maintaining our dog. Um, and, and, and again, I get, quote unquote, we're technically breaking the rules, but again, we're caught up with the rule rather than looking at the situation and saying, all right, there ain't nobody here, so, all right, whatever. And so, and, and that's the same thing, right, with oftentimes with religion. We get caught up with those rules, the creeds, the elements, right, the fundamental beliefs. And so, again, people fall towards the preyness of 
cult-like behavior, cult-like mentality. This is us against them. Um, and, you know, uh, there's been some good writings on this uh, over the last, you know, decade, looking at uh, aspects and elements of, uh, of um, you know, cultism uh, within evangelicalism. We know that. We know this, right? I mean, I know when I was doing some of my doctoral research, looking at Billy Graham, man, I saw that stuff following him around, right? I mean, it just people showed up just to say they went to a Billy Graham crusade, right? Um, shit is wild, man. Shit is wild. It's wild, it's wild, it's wild and out. So yes, there's a lot of overlaps. I would say the biggest ones are folks who get consumed with creeds, folks who get consumed with centering their ideas and notions and beliefs on a particular thing, whether that thing is, you know, presumably good, right? Like quote unquote salvation or, uh, uh, you know, doing good for the community. But it be, it's very easy to fall into that. Um, and I think religion in general produces that. Um, so it's it's very easy to get caught up just in a religious type cultish behavior um, if things aren't watched and things aren't deconstructed and things aren't kept on the real. Uh, and there's checks and balances, right? That's typically what happens uh, as the checks and balances go out the window, right? Especially when somebody starts talking about, I'm called by God. Because what the hell are you going to do with that? Right? I'm called by God. Well, goddamn, we can't do shit with it. So hopefully that kind of gets at that. I think this is a really good question. I want to explore this a little bit more. And I think I should ask some guests in regards to this question. So thank you so much uh, for posting that. And, and uh, we'll continue on with this conversation. Let me get to today's guests because they need no introduction. They've been on the show countless amounts of times. Um, and there was some stupid shit that went down. I'm going to let we're going to have a conversation about it. Um, and I'll let them explain, but it seems like, you know, in 2021, right? We shouldn't be surprised that there's still just such blatant, stupid ass racism that exists, but it does. Um, and it seems like Asians just are the punching bag. They're the pet of white supremacy. Um, right. It's like, well, you know, what are Asians going to do? It's just funny. Let's just make fun of them. Their accent, their eyes, right? Their food. Um, and so this dumbass pastor gets on and I guess it's an old video too, right? He, he posts this and, 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 and stupid ass Lecrae was doing that shit too. He posted some shit too about it. And he was eating sushi and then making fun of it. He spits the food out, you know, and the brother's still talking about, oh, I didn't know. I, 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 I didn't know. Really? <laughs> so. Anyways, I had to get on Kathy Kong and Irene Cho. Again, neither of them need introductions. They've been on the show plenty of times. Um, and we had a conversation around what that looks like. And just the madness that continues, you know, uh, I will say in the, I don't want to say the post-Trump era, but I will say in, the, in terms of the post-Trump presidency, uh, I think that ideology is still alive and well. Um, but, uh, you know, it's like why these things keep popping up and then going viral, you know, and then people still throwing their hands up being like, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I, 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 I just, I had no idea. It's like, God damn it. You had a fucking idea and somebody greenlit that shit and put it out there. So <laughs> check out this conversation. Keep asking those questions. Those great critical questions. Again, if you want to post something, whiteoutchpodcast.com, go to, go to profane face right at the top of the page. There's a link throw your question in there and I will get to it. Enjoy this conversation with uh, Irene and Kathy. Uh, we threw down. We threw down and we went in. Alright y'all. Stay up. Good, good. I'll just hit record so I don't forget. 
Um, thanks for taking the time and, and coming on. This is this is great. No problem. It's been a while, Dan. It has been. I I I, I live vicariously I mean, seeing you on Instagram, Kathy. Well, same thing. <laughs> like I, you know, I'm watching your life on social media, but yeah, no one, no one can actually see one another. At least we haven't gone out much. Yeah, so. no, not not at all. Oh. Your little sun bubble, Kathy. You I know. My snow globe, although I haven't been out in a while. I should have gotten it out today because the sun is out, but I, I had a call earlier today. I knew I had this call, so I was like, Ugh. how long does it take to inflate? I know. It doesn't inflate. It's oh. literally like, it's like a tent That's with a no thing. bottom. It's just a thing. Oh. And so um, you can kind of pop it open um, the trick right now is that I can't really stake it into the ground because we've got like eight inches of snow. Right. Um, and uh, and then you've got to like put in these support bars up top, which is super easy. But again, I was like, I'm only going to be able to be out there maybe like an hour in between. So I was like, forget it. Because then I have to take it down and put it back in the garage, which again, sounds like a big ordeal. It really isn't. Um, I'm just being dramatic. I mean, so. I can't barely brush my hair, so you know, yeah, I there's I that struggle. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, oh, forget it, because I have to go grocery shopping, because we keep putting it off, and now we have like nothing. Oh, I know. And I are like, I know. Do you want to eat anything? Right. Mm, maybe not. Right. <laughs> yeah. But well, uh, well, let's well, I mean, we can start here because I don't even need to introduce y'all because y'all are like uh, contributors, like uh, in the field reporters. <laughs> um, Co-conspirators. That's okay. right. That's right. I do like the sign behind oh, yeah. you, though, Kathy. I'm speaking. Oh yeah. Kamala here. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um. So, what did y'all think about this? I mean, what? And first, let's explain. I guess the context and anything else that's come up. In the in the interim of that, because I guess the video was took down, but there's pieces of it all over the internet. Because we know once anything's on the internet, it's there somewhere. What you, what who who wants to dive into that? Oh gosh. Um, it it was probably three a.m. Sunday morning. All right. I was not sleeping. I have insomnia, so. Um, a friend of mine saw me, <laughs> saw that I was still online, and she pinged me and sent me the YouTube link. And she had said she was looking for um, online, like virtual church resources for her kids for Sunday. And she had stumbled across this, and can you believe it? And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> can I say that? Of course. Um, and, you know, I didn't say it out loud because it's 3 a.m. and I'm in bed with, like, the night version of my screen. And I just thought, you're kidding. <laughs> and all sorts of thoughts started running through my head because this is Saddleback Church. Right. And I have a little bit of history with Saddleback from seven years ago. So the video is awful. It's, you know, it's typical kind of, like, white evangelical Sunday school material, trying to oversimplify poor theology. And, um, you know, you pray and all these kinds of things. So I don't really know what any of that skit had to do with prayer. It had nothing to do with prayer. Right. But there is this, you know, it's the stereotypical bumbling white 
children's youth pastor being silly or ridiculous. And he says something about fish or I don't even remember. And in order to prepare the fish, he's got this special preparation and it's like this bad, I don't know, TikTok or reel where he, like he just appears mm-hmm. in a traditional Chinese male shirt top with a sword and his sword. samurai Different. sword or Different. random sword. Yeah. And his baseball cap put on backwards. Yeah. As one does when you are a middle-aged white man. Right. And starts like flailing to like, I I don't know what kind of uh, drum, thrasher drum. And he's, you know, like, hiya, ridiculous, right? Like ridiculous faux martial arts noises and is flailing this sword around supposedly making sushi and then does this bumbling like trying to put the sushi together and can't quite manage it and there's a part where he like puts it in his mouth and spits it out what that has to do with prayer I am still very unclear um but again it was one of those weird moments where you're like wait they think we're all the same like everything of any East Asian culture is interchangeable and fits the moment. And that we, again, are supposed to have a sense of humor and let this go because as one commenter put it, if they used a cowboy hat, nobody would be offended. So, so that's what I saw. And, you know, a couple people also saw it, but you know, it starts out with a post. And I, to be very clear, I did not tag the church or the ministry or Rick Warren on my posts. One, because I've already been through this with them seven years ago. Right. Almost eight. Right. 2013. Yeah. And, um, and that was no fun. It was no fun. So for anybody who says you should have reached out privately, I I never heard from Rick Warren. I heard yeah. from his, oh, I forget what his title was, but essentially his handler, his person, his right. personal whatever. Um, oh. And it was horrible. So I don't want to go through that again. And all of the Saddleback people who are like, oh, Pastor Rick. So anyway, didn't tag them. Um, they are a little more social uh, media savvy and people were more aware of what's going on on the interwebs. Their response this time was better publicly. Okay. Right. So, but if you don't know their history, it all looks really nice. And so there's an apology that was posted apologizing one from Rick Warren saying that this video was from four years ago So, you know, we are not that anymore. And we were just talking about having, you know, right? Like to make sure that we would be a church for all nations or whatever. And and he didn't even watch the whole video. So, you know, he can't speak to the details, but because he didn't want to harm any Asian Americans who might see this and their children, you know, we're apologizing, we're going to take it off. And there are so many things wrong with just the apology itself, right? But the timeline doesn't work out because this video was posted at least 
publicized on January 13th because it's linked on their Instagram, <laughs> right? So it's connected to their series. So they're using all the material that they've had in the past. Okay, it was made in the past. It was made four years ago. You all thought it was okay and you left it in the, in the wherever archives so that you could use it again. In fact, you did use it again. Wow. Back. You posted it. Wow. It was for this past weekend for Children's Church. So I call BS on the whole, like, oh, my goodness, we would. Right. Not. No, you did. Right. And that's why it was caught. It's been made private so nobody can see it again, except for those who took a video screenshot of it and have shared it with one another. Thank gosh for those they, yeah. And, you know, again, I didn't take a screenshot of the video because it was 3 a.m. That's my excuse. <laughs> it's legit, right? Yeah, you had, yeah. So that's that's kind of the gist of it. Wow. Okay. And see, I didn't... Go ahead. Sorry. Well, that was perfect summation of it. And I didn't see the other parts of it. I, I've seen snippets of it throughout online. Mm -hmm. I saw when you posted it, um, or at least it showed, I don't know when you posted, but it showed up on my Instagram feed. And I was like, we're still like mm -hmm. this. Like, mm -hmm. We had this whole conversation mm -hmm. and we're mm -hmm. still doing mm -hmm. this stupid shit. Irene, what yeah. about you? Because I, I, this is, yeah. What, what, what were your thoughts and, and other shit that has popped up as well? Yeah, I mean, I, I, it was 3 a.m. for you, so one for me. So I yep. think I was just about to go to bed and I <laughs> saw your post. So I was like, fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was like, it's one, I have to go to sleep. I had a sermon to prep for on yep. Sunday. Um, and so I was like, I can't even watch this shit. It's going to just suck up all my yep. energy. If we, I'm going to be fucking angry all goddamn day long. So I waited, not again in my stupidity. And I say this not because I'm shaming myself, but really, because at this point, why would I think that they would not, in an emergency, take it down? That's right. what I'm angry at myself about. Right. right. I should have at least watched it, screenshot it, just taken all the, like, we need the receipts, right? Because mm -hmm. they'll do what they are doing right now, which is to hide it. So when I got to it Monday, because um, I was like, okay, circling back on this, mm -hmm. looked at it, and I was like, Fuck, it's down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> down. Right. So luckily, again, you know, Judy, um, Lou Dominique, and her another person who, uh, under your thing, I think, under mm -hmm. your post, mm -hmm. Tsum Chun had asked, and um, somebody had done a longer screenshot, a uh, screen recording than even Judy had done, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and so I got to watch that section all the way through. That had the prayer section in it, which I don't know if Judy's did necessarily. So yeah. um, I didn't see the spitting out part, but I had heard from others that it was that. Um, so, you know, I read the apology. I looked, I always look who uh, like responds to the apology. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's so many layers to this of number one, the fact that they did it. Everything Kathy just summed up, you know, mm -hmm. the timeline, that they're trying to excuse ignorance, you know, and feign ignorance about mm -hmm. all of this, that they didn't know when it was done four years ago and yet still was used again. So whatever, you haven't done any education. Number two, my second thought of all of this from that anger is we just had a 
fucking year where Asian and Asian Americans right. just face like massive amount of violence. Like, uh, like, and you still think mocking mockery is acceptable in February, first day, like 2021, right? It was January, right on the cusp of the entrance into Black History Month. Like, really? Seriously. So Mm -hmm. I just, for me, it's the perpetuation of that after a year long of fighting, you know, that violence of, you know, against Asian Americans in all of 2020 with the pandemic stuff um, and with coronavirus. So that was my second thing. And then the third part, whatever's with what the leadership said, they're going to do their PR bullshit statement right, and all of that. Right, right. It's the comments. Like, are you going oh to, and God. I said this on my post, like, is Saddleback going to fucking address the people commenting and supporting them and educating their people, right? right. So, like, these are all of your followers. These are all, whether they go to your church or not, they're loyal to you, obviously. They're all coming out of the woodwork to defend you. Mm-hmm. Thousands of comments to tell Asian Americans and everybody to calm the fuck down and not be overly sensitive. And I'm like, are you going to do the work to name this? Like, fuck your apology. Like, and it wasn't a, it wasn't a horrendous apology. Like it was seven years ago, you know, like his, which he didn't even apologize seven years ago for what he right. did. He just right. broke down right. and like justified and did all the bullshittery. Right. And then he had a tragedy. I'm not going to, you know, talk shit about it, but he had a tragedy and he had an awakening quote unquote, in himself, right? And so like had some changes happening, realized all of his white saviorism, he like all of his spiel that he sold more books on and hit more popularity with. So cool, that's great, but really there's no fruit showing for it. And so so the comments and like my question is, is Saddleback gonna address this? And then fourthly, it's the people who are doing this anti-racist work, but yet still loved the apology post and I don't want to name names or anything but like I it honestly I'm going to straight up say I'm so frustrated like why are we giving accolades and putting on mm-hmm. pedestals for receiving the bare minimum from these right. white evangelical leaders like I, I don't give a fuck how popular they are I don't give a fuck if you've been you know moved by them or inspired by them there have been a lot of people in my life that I've been moved and inspired by but if they've <laughs> done bullshit things and they've done bullshit things like call that shit out and i i'm just so tired of of that so it was fourfold for me really of just uh so much anger yeah so much anger i yeah i i as i sit here and i and i think through this i mean i think wow um that asian culture heritage history has been a continual uh, a comedic space, right, for so many yeah. people. Um, obviously not just in the church. Um, obviously not just, right? I mean, I, and, you know, I'll, I'll put myself on blast. I think 20 years ago when I was involved with Young Life, we didn't think twice about doing something like that. And that's right. the sad part, right? It's like, here we are talking about equality, equity, and, Young Life, don't do this or whatever. And, you know, it's be easy, right, to get up in mm-hmm. front of 300 kids and, and, and do something like that. But I would I would want to hope that through the years, right, we've got two decades since, since 2000, right, that, that, that somebody somewhere would have picked up something and been like, oh, wow, fuck, that was really racist of me. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, 
I mean, right. maybe we shouldn't do that like anymore. Yeah. And 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 more importantly, maybe we should fucking just rethink how we think about racism. But here we are, 2021, and I guess that's what frustrates me so much. Because yeah. then you got the whole Lecrae thing. I mean, I'm sure y'all, <sighs> which just drives me batshit crazy. Well, and let's talk, you know, I mean, it needs to be addressed because twofold on that. Like, we have Asian Americans who do their own mockery of their own culture sure. to, to perpetuate whiteness, to serve whiteness, to fit into, assimilate into whiteness, all the things, right? So we we talk about the complexities of that as actors or as comedians. They need a platform. They need success. You know, it, it's, it's in their face. So, you know, we can address all of those issues which people then use and justify and excuse and say, well, Asian Americans make fun of their own, you know, culture and their own cuisine and all of these things. So what's your problem? And then you have other people of color. Uh, I forget. I, there's so many things that happen, right? And so I forget what the thing that happened was. And then right after, um, it was it was something, shoot. And then right after that, there was the MTV Awards or something where there was a rapper, a black, um, a black hip hop artist performing on stage. And maybe it was the BET Awards. And performing on stage with a bunch of geishas or something, some Asian mm. heritage oh element and dancers and yeah. all of that. And I was like, are, are we not going to address this appropriation? And so, you know, it's complicated in that, you know, you have other POC who also, and Asian Americans, we need to talk about our anti-black, you know, anti-blackness and all of those things and how much, you know, K-pop appropriates hip hop culture and all of that. So, you know, I feel like that's a, a bucket by which we also need to, that's even more complicated, I feel like, than what white people do in their mockery because of the fact that how can we help educate each other as POC, you know, in these matters. Um, and so when the Lecrae thing came out, I was angry because, you know, it's like, that's the lowest hanging fruit. and you wouldn't think as somebody and who, you know, are we going to address all the problems that we have with Lecrae on his inability to really fully address yeah. and all the hoopla that happened last year and the horridness um, with that whole panel discussion he had. So, you know, he's not really a, a person who is doing the difficult work of dismantling it within himself and like really educating himself so that he would do this video. And again, did I record it? Did I take a screenshot? No, and it's gone now, and he deleted it, you know, and he deleted it at least. He didn't privatize it, <laughs> like have it still exist somewhere. Um, but, you know, again, with the spitting out and the disgustingness and the mockery of, like, you know, all that, I, I appreciate his response immediately to, you know, when Jason called him out, and I appreciate that he was like, I'm super sincere and I'm so sorry, I don't understand why, and, you know, he was really at least well responsive to those who were flipping the table and saying, well, if it was this situation, would that be acceptable? And he was like, oh, shit, sorry, right? He didn't say shit because he's a nice Christian boy, but, you know, um, to somewhat certain degree. So I was angry, but, you know, at least he did respond, I felt, in a way that wasn't in any way, shape, or form justifying, uh, even though he did the feigned ignorance of it, which I'm like, again, it's 2021. 
Right. Can anybody really feign ignorance about it at this point, especially someone like Lecrae, who is claiming to do anti-racist work, who's claiming and right. sitting on panels and having discussions about racism against black Americans? Are you really able at all to feign ignorance with any of it? That's the question. And my, you know, the answer is it's a rhetorical question because the answer is no. <laughs> well, I think it's possible if you think you can do that kind of work alone, right? And, yeah. and, and yeah. that's what makes me wonder for both Saddleback and mm -hmm. for Lecrae, like with whom are you doing this work with? Right. Not only working in the systems and organizations that you are trying to influence, but in yourself, who are the people checking you? And so clearly with both circumstances, both examples, nobody's checking you, which is why that video was made four years ago. And who knows how long ago Lecrae's video was made? Cause I, right. you know, I don't, I don't know how long ago it was made. And again, it's just I think it was because in January. Oh God. Like it just came out. That's wow. So sad. So wow. sad. So okay. again, then it's like, well, then who, who are you in? Like, who do you know? Who are your friends who are going to be like, this is a bad idea? Right. Right. <laughs> oh, just do. You just need, yeah, two people to vet it. Two people who will call you out on your bullshit to vet it. And it's not to say that, like, again, I have a posture. I don't I don't come on this podcast as a guest to say that I am perfect, right? And, Kathy, I appreciated your post, too. Like, we're all growing. I have said things faux pas. I remember doing a presentation on Asian American, you know, uh, young people issues, and I had the, the statement I made was that, you know, we're all immigrants in this country because none of us are indigenous, and I was checked by my black friend in the middle of the presentation and you know he checked me and said um so black americans are not in, you know immigrants and mm -hmm. it was a moment to learn mm -hmm. and i apologize I, I did another faux pas i was at a different um workshop i was presenting um on youth curricula and i was saying how in latinx communities you know it the, there's less complication to translation or utilization of creating curricula because everyone speaks Spanish versus in Asian communities. Mm -hmm. And I was checked on that. And so I understand I'm not perfect. I don't come here as a professional and I'm not spewing all of this to shit on anyone and say, you know, you have to have all of your shit together. But right. like getting continually educated, like Kathy was saying, like I am constantly reading and constantly learning. And there is so much to learn and I'm always feeling behind and you know I just had a conversation this morning with someone on you know progress right now in regards to anti-racist work is overwhelming because we are for the first time really having honest conversations I feel like and really having good research come out and on a wider scale and so I feel like there's more material to be reading and more people to be listening to there's more podcasts and more you know movies and documentaries and all of these things coming out which I absolutely am so excited about but I it, it and things are shifting all the time so mm -hmm. I get all of that but to just be committing this kind of violence that's from 15 20 years ago as you say yeah. Dan like that's inexcusable. That's yeah. like as if in 2021, we can still make 
fat jokes or we can still make homophobic jokes or we can still like you know that it's just like how are we still stuck in 1985 is really the question Hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah well yeah i mean again i guess i'm um I mean, it's, and, and it's what I keep saying to folks. It's like, you know, it, just because, you know, Biden and Harris are in the in the White House, you know, we're they they won by margins. I mean, this was not a landslide. And they, by any means, I mean, Georgia had to have a whole runoff. And even with that, they still run. I mean, if you look at the numbers, right, we're talking minutia. There's, it's percentages in some cases just by the numbers. So. There's still a strong ideological structure that exists in this country in regards to, oh, y'all people are too sensitive. Y'all are, oddly enough, right, that we're too sensitive. But when it comes to storming the Capitol and people talking about how they feel this country is being taken and they're losing their jobs, you know, they can express their emotions and their Mm -hmm. feelings, but we're Mm -hmm. too sensitive. Right, right, yeah. Well... I mean, calling people out online, Dan, that's cancel culture. Right. Right? Right. As opposed to storming the Capitol and trying to overthrow the government. No big deal. No big deal. And again, right, it's the, it's the, it's systems and people, I believe, ought to know better. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. ought to know better, and so specifically for Saddleback, it's you. Some of your followers may still be new to this, mm-hmm. but you, as an organization, as a senior pastor, you went through this in 2013. Mm-hmm. I have the receipts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I literally have the receipts. Yeah. So to then act as if this was just something that happened within four years. That is what bothers me. That is the lie. And this short-term memory that always is in the favor of white supremacy. Right? So then we have to forgive because this is recent, but it's not because it's 2013. It's also rickshaw rally, which was even before that. Right? So that bothers me. And then even with Lecrae, who functions functions within this even more, I would say, conservative, much whiter, well, maybe not much whiter space than Saddleback, but a whiter space, whiter and male space, uh, is that they too know and ought to know the critique against where they're situated, what they do, what they stand for. And so it just boggles my mind that a video like that with someone of his stature Mm -hmm. would be made. And yet it doesn't surprise me Mm -hmm. because of the social location in which he functions. Right? It's white. It's white. And of course people around him will say that kind of humor, Mm -hmm. if you want to call it that, is fine. Right. Because it's the same humor we saw Saddleback do and apparently make four years ago. It's literally the same video. 
Right. Except he's, Lecrae's not on a boat and he's a black man. Right. <laughs> but literally it's the same. He spit it's out, he said how gross the food is. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. And that, and I think that's just it, right? Like all the, the narrative that exists right now, even four years ago in regards to all of us, particularly ethnic minorities who come from cultures where people say, oh, your food stinks and that's yeah. nasty. And, oh, I would never eat that. And like, but you just, you just spit that out. And like, I'm like, oh, I mean, part of it is, is my, is my problem in general though, because I feel like so much of Christianity is, is gotten lumped into white Western evangelicalism. And, you know, this, then mm-hmm. that just all that centered is a, a personal relationship with God mm-hmm. and, and, and salvation. Let's just get people right. saved and let them, you know, kind of somehow develop their, the personal relationship with Christ. So everything else outside of that box really doesn't matter. Right. We don't have to have these conversations around race and we'll apologize, but really what we need to focus on is building the kingdom. And that's my bigger problem i think with with just religion in general what how have either of y'all, of y'all seen or is engaged with with where y'all at right now with work what other stuff has been coming up in regards to that especially you know after the the riots and the uprisings at the capitol uh, have y'all seen heard anything what are, what are y'all what are y'all getting from in in from your perspectives in regards to all of this well, you were just preaching, Irene. I know. Come on. <laughs> I mean, you know, what's really, I, I share this a lot. Uh, what's really fascinating to me is as as conservative as my alma mater is and unfortunately has shifted into very much this partisan Christian nationalism, um, you know, nationalistic ideology across campus and a lot of the upper um, administration the theological training i had received in regards to kingdomness wasn't wasn't missing out on the social element of it now it's interesting because it wasn't prevalent in the sense of it being taught on the forefront and that's the only thing we're talking about or it's very much emphasized but it wasn't lacking there so for me and and maybe this is just me making dots and connections that exist in my imaginary (laughs) mind that you know started to happen as i began to dive into the theological work and i say this all the time Honestly, my social justice stuff, my justice work, and then for the queer community, for others, and then going into racial justice elements, like began with my seminary training. And granted, again, it wasn't dialogued or discussed blatantly in my classes, but the fact that we would unpack and study and examine the gospels and the letters and and all of these things and I began to, this was in 2001, start a journey of, wait a fucking minute, like the <laughs> church today is nothing at all with what Jesus is calling us to. And I think, you know, as a young person, I mean, we're going to label it as a young person now, right? Because I was 20, what, four, question mark? I don't remember how old I was in 2001. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, at that time, 
or it was earlier because I graduated no one. So, you know, it was probably my in 2000 or, or 99, um, you know, at that time, as I began, it was still Saddleback was on the major, you know, P it's pinnacle as was Willow Creek. It was, I was my unpacking. A lot of that was against the big mega churches that wasn't doing on the ground work that was there were building these gigantic cathedrals and bowling alleys and all of this you know bullshittery to attract <laughs> everyone in and i was like okay but what the fuck are you actually doing to engage and it was i mean for me so from that point since i i felt again like i was asking these questions and i i wasn't surrounded by a lot of people as time progressed i began to meet and interact with others who were doing on the ground work as i started to engage more with urban communities and doing you know the urban work um which the whole terminology of urban is problematic now as we've shifted but you know that that's where i really started seeing kingdom work happening you know as we're as we're talking about in that engagement and so i over the last 20 some years i have been continually laughing and then that laughter turning into more justified anger <laughs> of the fact that you know, all of a sudden Rick Warren goes to Africa and now justice is a really important thing. And like, oh, and then like, you know, these other churches like, oh no, we have to do justice. And I'm like, you're so fucking far behind everything. But like, of course you get all the accolades because you have this platform. And like, meanwhile, all of these urban folks have been doing this work for forever. And I've been asking these questions for 20 fucking years. And like, but you get to get pats on the back and like, oh, okay, cool, Rick Warren. You have are the savior of everyone because you went to Africa for a fucking vision trip, you know? Like, ah! So, <laughs> it just, you know, I think for me, it's it's baffling to me why there's such a dissonance with the evangelical american white church in particular but even in other churches that other churches of color that follow the white evangelical model you know um and so for me i think that's my frustration it's not that it's not that there was ever a lack of understanding what kingdom work was it's like it's the refusal to understand that that's always been you know and so lena thompson in our classes that we teach all the time you know has talked about a theology from below without that understanding without that theological training how can you really begin to unpack what god is talking about what the bible is talking about which is what i preached about this past sunday as i didn't watch the video because i had to focus on that but yeah so that's been my journey I love it. Uh, I don't even know anymore. I mean, the <laughs> pandemic was hit at an interesting time because uh, Peter and I have been kind of churchless for a, a mm. couple of years and um, like popping in like after the introductions and everyone says hello and like arriving in time to like a little bit before the sermon and then <laughs> the closing prayer we're like we're out um and uh and then the pandemic hit and it was like well you can try and do virtual church for a while but you know um and so where i am is in this kind of it it really is in this virtual space of what does it mean to be the church, capital C, when you don't necessarily meet 
in a physical space or mm -hmm. even have a building, even have a group of people you would necessarily call like your church family. What does that mean? But so what, what has been interesting and I think what I enjoy is a strange way to put it, um, this kind of work is that it isn't solo, right? I would not have necessarily heard about this except for my friend who is younger and has young children and knew this would be something that I would still care about and that it isn't because my kids would be exposed to it. It's that nobody, never mind just kids, nobody should be exposed to this mm -hmm. with the rubber stamp of a church. Right. And so, um, and then to see others kind of join in on that and share the information and uh, communicate their own displeasure and disgust to articulate their own arguments and frustrations with the situation. I think that's part of the, the, the flip side. I think it's much easier now to know who your allies are than yeah. even back in 2013. Right. Yeah. Um, and definitely easier than it was when Sun Chan Ra first started talking about rickshaw rally. Yeah. Because that was right. That was before <laughs> Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. It was a lot of emailing and just a oh, lot gosh. of word of mouth. Word of mouth is a lot faster. Um, and so I think that's where I do see like kingdom work. <laughs> happening in different ways it is um it it's the virtual community saying hey i know this is going to upset you but i also i'm going to invite you into speaking about it and can you leverage your platform for this even though you may not have um, a child or you may not have any connection to this church mm -hmm. um and and even like the situation with Lecrae, it was the same thing. Like, I am not a fan of his. I don't follow his career, but he is in a world that I've been adjacent to. Mm -hmm. So even that, again, it was like, hey, have you seen this? Do you, can you let people know? And I'm like, sure, I am happy to let people know and see where the chips will fall in all of that. Um, but it is frustrating and um, a little unnerving that this happens while we are still in a global pandemic so shortly after uh, we have finally gotten rid of an administration who actively participated in the dehumanization of Asians and Asian Americans who repeatedly from you know, their platform would call coronavirus, COVID-19, racist terminology, giving permission for people to do that. And the, the implication on the ground is, I there is somebody who is running for school board in this community who has used those terms in, you know, community Facebook groups and thinks nothing of it. Right. And that Justified. gives permission. Totally to it. Right. Right. And and that's supposed to be normal. Yep. That's supposed to be normal. Mm. So that's how those things filter down is that he is a Christian. His wife makes it very plain and clear that her child would not be exposed to terrible things because her child listens to contemporary Christian music and country music 
okay, well then you're still exposed to this world that has said it is okay to be racist. (laughs) And now the husband is going to run for school board or is running for school board. Yay. 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 Wow. I, wow. And I think that's, that's one of the very few things that I could say that came of the Trump era Mm-hmm. in a good way was that this shit was on display constantly. Yes, totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. You know, it's to deny it would be to actually be a Trump supporter and, and to, ah, he doesn't do that. Like, what are you talking about? You know? Um, and to ignore it, which a lot of people did, I, you know, yes. I, I, I get it. I, well, I don't get it actually. Cause I, I can't, I'm not afforded that. And well, let me right. say, let me, let me see it like this. As a middle-class black man, right? I'm, I turned 47 on January 3rd. And I was like, wow, 47 years old. I can now look back and say 30 years ago. I'm like, man, that shit is wild, man. Wild for me, right? And now I'm the, the, the old guy who in the spring is fixing up his goddamn yard and, and telling you to stay off my grass, damn kids. I just mulched it. <laughs> I just overseeded, right? <laughs> Talking fertilizer and shit. Like, shit that I would have told myself at 18. You know what I'm saying? Right. What the hell are you doing? So I, it, I, I do want to assert that level of economic. Like, it's, yes. it's it, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can go to the yeah. store I, I got health insurance. Yep. I got a little retirement plan. I, I should have invested in GameStop, apparently. <laughs> Shit. God. Damn. Right. Um, so you I there's a hundred bucks to participate and support the anti establishment. I know. hundred dollars. It was enough risk for us. <laughs> See, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. The true Robinson. Right, right, exactly. No, no, no. This is that. I say all that to say that there is a certain level of, like you know, job cuts right now aren't affecting me. They may. I mean, I know you know Christian higher ed is in turmoil right now, um, but right now I can say that that's not it. I will say that going out though, as a black man, it's I'm not afforded that. I mean, I was taking my daughter the other day to. We had to go get some. Uh, x-rays or something at some some place and you know I'm got my mask on it's fucking mm-hmm. cold I got my jacket on I'm putting a beanie on yeah. <laughs> and it's and, and and I'm sensitive to light so I gotta put on fucking sunglasses and but man these old white women were just I mean their eyes swelled up you know they you know, and it's that little yeah. lean it's not a big yeah. one it's just a little lean like yeah. like and both Mahalia and I were just like laughing because she was just like oh my god so that's what I'm saying, and, and that's funny, but that's not so funny when it's a police right. officer, right. you know, and we know, right, that they know how to disarm a situation, and, and they allowed, you know, the dude from, uh, what was it, just up here in Kenosha, uh, yeah. to walk through, you know, unharmed, and gave yeah. him fucking Burger King and sodas and the whole nine after he had just uh, shot Jacob Blake, or two killed two BLM protesters, um, right? Yeah, Kyle Rittenhouse. Yes, yes. Yeah. Kyle. Kyle, yes. Who went to middle school just over there. Jesus. Yep, with my youngest. Yep. Jesus. Is he the same age as your youngest? I don't remember if he's the same. I think they would be different. They're off by a year. 
similar. Actually, they might be the same Ugh. age. Wow. Um, yeah. So, you know, He's and again, I think, well, and that was the thing too, is that uh, over the last few years, people who would say, oh, but that, you know, not here. It's not like that here, right? And when, so when Kyle Rittenhouse, people started finding out more about him, I was like, he was here. Yep. <laughs> yep. He was, he's, his family is still around here. It's not like they left and moved to Texas or right. Florida, right? Tennessee. They're still, right? So, so again, and, and if you are white, you don't necessarily know, or you let those comments slide all the time about those people, mm -hmm. about that virus. And so it's not about you, right. but for us, it was like, well, yeah, that's totally not surprising. Not surprising yeah. at all. That's not the family I would have thought. There are other families I would have expected. <laughs> yeah. We didn't know this family, right? But like we in our minds have a list of people where we're like, yeah, you know, remember when we 15 years ago moved into the area? Yeah, that family, I totally would have understood. So, um, so yes, there was some relief in January when the beautiful inauguration and a little bit of like a moment to breathe because I appreciate having normal like press briefings. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh, I cried. So one. simple and used to be normal. Boring. Are and boring and you don't pay attention or not even boring. It's just like you're not worried that there's going to be some sort of tweet or some sort of statement that's going to be an alert on your news app that's going to like traumatize you again. You know, it, it's just kind of normal stuff, which I really appreciate. But I think as people of color, we all recognize and knew that was going to signal complete change. Mm -hmm. And we knew that, right? There was the insurrection, there was, you know, the, the riot, the craziness. Was that just the what, 6th? January 6th? Yeah. Um, yeah. A little less than a month ago. The longest year of January. Um, yeah. It felt like it. January felt really long this year. And yeah. then, yeah, and then all of, all of this craziness with... Um, Lecrae with the Mahjong line that that those ladies who wanted to refresh oh. Mahjong and um that was January wasn't it that was January oh, Jesus. I'm pretty sure that was January Jesus. and um yeah and then Saddleback with the video so that's why it was really right. really and, long and, right and it's like we knew I mean I I'm in the same thing. First of all, I think I've said it. I don't know, Dan, if I texted this to you. Like, I feel, I feel like we're going through withdrawals of the trauma and the chaos in a good way. Like when you, when your alcoholic family member goes into rehab and you start mm. dealing with the healing process, but you're going through withdrawals because it's been this whole cycle of insanity. Mm -hmm. And I felt that like, my heart palpitations 
for this thing by which there, I'm not going to say long, I'm, this is why I keep saying withdrawals. Like I, we've just been so used to four years of every single day, something insane happening. Right. But it's also, I, and I kept saying like, it just allows us to have space to actually focus on issues that we need to address on a deeper level, right? We didn't have any capacity to deal with anything because there was so, like, how are you going to deal with building better systems when nuclear bombs are exploding everywhere? Like, it's not about <laughs> building better systems in that. It's about surviving nuclear blasts, right? And so I was like, okay, we're going to you know, be able to kind of calm down, regroup, and then like really start working on actual stuff. But like, you know, then the other, then all of this other bullshit, it's just like non-ending, right? Because it was the insurrection and all of that. And as we talk about the insurrection, right? Like white people are freaking out again, kind of coming into this realization that, oh wait, we have a problem? Like, the fuck have you been wondering like the last four years and four years before yeah. that and four years before that like so again you know i still feel very new to this work and i remember having this conversation with you kathy a really long time ago i want to say like six years ago about engaging the white community and the exhaustion and i was still so naive and hopeful right <laughs> Weren't we all? Weren't we all? My poor innocent little naivete. Um, and so, like, <laughs> say to you, not even remotely like close to the exhaustion. But uh, I, I said the same. I mean, everyone knows I was no fan of Hillary. I was so angry that she was our nominee. Um, and I, I said, if you know, if we're going to speak biblically or spiritually, let them have their fucking King Saul then. And like, let's see it all burn down. And I mean, you know, I said that callously knowing the harm that would come to families and all the children being separated and then being adopted by white. I mean, we don't even address that, right? Like these kids who are stolen from their families who are mm-hmm. now adopted into white families across the country, not able to rejoin their families. Like, you know, all of this bullshit the violence and everything you know that has happened and ensued but the the small silver lining that we can say which i had knew and so many of us predicted was that it would help moderate or slash somewhat conservative white folks and white christians to start to realize oh wait shit everything you were saying is true and there really is a problem and everyone kept saying like ban him from twitter i was like no i mean it's so gaslighting and so triggering and i hate it and i didn't even follow him and yet still coming up all the time all the time um right but without twitter without that like these christian fucking white people would never have still understood how horrible it all was and so you know it's it's the rock bottom i don't even know if we've hit rock bottom yet you know like (laughs) but it's the on the way journey to rock bottom that you know at least some folks i have seen starting to be aware of the issues i don't know i want to have again my naive hope 
because ever the nine Enneagram nine that I am believes in humanity. Oh, I know. Pat me on the head. I love it. I love it. Believe in change. Fucking stupid faith in Jesus of having to believe that people can change or whatever, even though humans like all of all of that. I'm like, why, God? Why would you just eviscerate us? I don't understand. (laughs) You know, all of that. Like, I want to hold on to that hope you know, on a daily basis and fucking humans and white supremacy and whiteness continually disappoints me um, in the midst of all of this. And so like, that's my tension on the daily. I mean, I preached about how, you know, what is Jesus's teaching on the Good Samaritan and how do we hold spaces for each other who would be considered our enemy in love? And what does that actually mean though, et cetera? Because Jesus is teaching it compels me to not be filled with hate and anger in the midst of calling out hate and anger right and so <laughs> like um you know I say it in Korean like don't right like get oh. like you know you walk Come by on. it <laughs> you like walk by you know shit water and oh. you, you know how do you not be affected and have it spray on you etc and so I don't want to be infected by the hatred and the toxicity while fighting the hatred and the toxicity mm-hmm. and so like that's my personal struggle and you know to guard my own heart and my posture and my yeah but like that it would stay somewhat soft even as the world wants to continually keep it get it hardened and cynical and hopeless and all of that I think you know as we call out this bullshit that Saddleback did you know people keep asking me why I fight and I'm like it's because I have hope if I didn't hope for it then fuck it fuck it all like let them just let the church die out let you know you know my husband and I we have this conversation he's much further along in giving up (laughs) it's like (laughs) religious institutions just need to die out right and I'm like but yes right (laughs) yes so I'm getting there yes Irene they need to die yes I yes (laughs) I think Dan and I are already there. I think I know. Still, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, and I'm, I'm actually fine with it. It's the matter of then the question of, you know, I, I, faith is still, I still desperately believe in God. I still desperately believe in Jesus. Not all the Christian jargony mumbo jumbo of salvation and all of that. It's you know, all, and nothing is nothing is sacred to me. Everything is on the table. Um, you know, I'm super open to even the concept that God could be a massive group of aliens or whatever. I you know, I'm I'm open to it all. So nothing in that sense is a sacred cow to me. It's just that having belief in something higher than us, having some belief that there is uh an entity out there that is magnanimous whether it's an energy source or god or whatever we want to call it that pushes us as humans to go beyond just humanitarianism to go just beyond certain things that there's a third way of life you know and again it's not to say jesus is gospel is unique i mean there are so many religious faiths that 
promote the same ideology and the same teachings. It's just how do we, what is going to come out in the midst of this if religion institutions and fundamentalism burns to the ground, which I'm all for. So I'm not holding on to that. I'm just saying there has to be something that we can't just burn the land and then be like, okay, cool. Now we're going to leave. Something has to grow up out of it. And I don't know what that is. I mean, if we take that analogy any further, it's wildfires burn and then you you do walk away <laughs> and 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 what comes up comes up right yeah. it's it's whatever needed to come up whatever needed to be burned then survives um you know i'm imagining dan in the spring you know as you're seeding and fertilizing and telling people to oh. get off your lawn oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> right there's something i think uh, last year during the pandemic, I had so many friends take on gardening. Yeah. Right. Like now I'm going to grow my own food because of this <laughs> pandemic. It's right. teaching me that I cannot rely on, oh. you know, whatever. Yeah. And the last couple summers, I've taken a break from gardening. One, because it's a lot of work. It is. As a lot of my friends discovered mm -hmm. after they planted all their gardens, they're like, wait, I have to weed. I have to water. I have to. Right. Yeah. There's yeah, little bugs do. that come and eat leaves. and <laughs> Right. And then you have to take care of that. Um, oh. and, and, and sometimes you have to let your garden rest. Mm -hmm. Right. And, right. and if right. you only have so big of a patch of land, you've got to give it a break from yeah. whatever you've been planting because it's taken all of the nutrients out of the soil. And so, you know, I wonder if it's, I'd like to use the analogy of burn it all down, but maybe it's just you let it lie and 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 plant nothing. Yeah. Plant nothing. And I so, you know, that that's a little bit of how I have felt and I'm struggling with folks are asking me if I have any follow-up to Saddleback or even um, the Mahjong line ladies. And I've been sitting on it, one because um one, because what I've learned from almost 20 years of doing this is that everything is important. Not everything is urgent. Right. Mm. Right. And, and it has always felt like it has, it requires an immediate reaction because the news changes within seconds. Right. Right. But what we've learned is what happened seven years ago will happen again, seven years yes. from now or a week from now or a few weeks from now. And so in my wise old age, uh, feeling like, you know, I actually don't need to rush into a response because I'm not the one who's going to fix it. Mm -hmm. They are. Mm -hmm. So they've made promises to fix it. Mm. Let's give them a couple weeks. Let's yeah. see what that, what that looks like. I'll even <laughs> give them seven years. <laughs> what happens, right? There like, we go. Right. It's like the biblical number. That's right. Saddleback <laughs> should know that if they teach that at all. But um, so I think there's that too, is that in a world where, especially the last four years, we were being gaslit every day. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Um, in a very public way by mm -hmm. the president of the United States. Uh, my recovery from that and the healing mm -hmm. from that is I am not going to let white evangelicals do that to me 
mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. And that's what it felt mm. like the last, like when the saddleback thing in particular happened, I was like, <gasps> and that was, I had a physical gut reaction to it. And then I just had to like breathe through it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. give it a break and just be like, you know what? This is their mess, not mine. Yeah. So I agree with that. Yeah. Like you can run your nice apology. I do not have to respond to that now because it's going to be just as relevant a week or two from now. Yeah. I think I fully a hundred percent agree with all of that. Um, and I think I've also shifted into a different posture and a lot of the women of color groups that I'm a part of, we're talking about, you know, and Dan, the keep it 100 group we're a part of like, you know, how do we create spaces outside of that? Like, what does that look like? My organization that I'm starting up is one of those spaces that I want it to be learning and training and dreaming and imagining um, and and having those spaces outside of that white evangelical um, space. So I agree 100% with you that it's not our problem to fix. I think I have twofold struggle in in my wish to be helpful (laughs) Um, in like the fact of if we let the ground burn and we just, we let it burn to the ground and then we just leave it. In human history, there is always this backlash or this uprising. We see, you know, the history, Hitler's rise was from a backlash of all these things, this rise right now happening. I mean, it's so complex with, like this rise of fascism happening today, I keep wondering and you know asking these meta questions of who is really leading some of these dialogues because it's not just the U.S. I mean, no. if it was isolated to us, I would right. be like, okay, this is our fucking problem, right? But it's happening across the world. Yeah, yeah. And so you know, again, I think I've said it in another episode with you, Dan. Like, uh, and I really need to look up which country this is because I keep fucking forgetting. But there's this one. I think it's an Eastern European country where their parliament gave their prime minister all executive power like they just relinquished it all in a vote and i was like and he's an alt-right leaning like totally crazy fascist mm-hmm. you know prime minister and i was like yeah what the fuck is going on you know? right like and this is like three years ago i think or something like that um and so like these are my questions of like what is this backlash and this rise of people, et cetera, which goes along with my second question of, you know, the U.S., I mean, every empire, the average lifespan of an empire is 300 years, right? And so, you know, the the dates work out. We're, we're at the tail end of that. And so, you know, some of my meta struggle is, well, then, do we even care? And like you said, then this is why I'm like, well, then where, how do we just abandon that? Like you said, let it all burn to the ground. And then like, we're going to a different location because that land has to rest and regroup. And do we create these other spaces? Um, and like, what does that look like? So I think that's my personal struggle. And also in the midst of that, then do we ju- do I just not give two fucks about all of this religious shit that you know, I have benefited from, I think Dan and I, we've had this conversation. He's there. I know my other friend, she, I had a friend, April Diaz. She's been on, I think you're oh, good old April. Yeah. yeah. She's like, you're still identifying as evangelical. And I was like, I don't know if I'd go that far, but like, also there was a lot of stuff in there that 
I really cherish and love and I'm trying to find my identity in that um, because I've had significant and I shared this in the last episode with you Dan you know I've had Pentecostal upbringing with evangelical training and you know that's been my world for 20 now 30 years almost and it's really trying to find that new identity I don't even want to call it a new identity right because I'm not really a different person but like the terminologies, I guess, and the categories by which I'm finding myself not belonging, which shouldn't be new for me, because I feel like my whole entire life, I've never belonged to a subset of group of people or whatever. So I don't know why I'm even struggling with this. Maybe I retract this whole diatribe that I just went on. (laughs) I love it. I I love it. And I think, and and I'll say this for me, I think that, right, I think Hollywood, along with a lot of Christians in general, I mean, and you're right, it's, this, this is a global thing, right? When you think about, I mean, I grew up as, a, as an Adventist, believing the world was about to end. And so, and it, always, like, it's coming tomorrow, it's going to happen, the time of trouble, trust me, it's coming. It's coming probably tomorrow, by this time, we'll be with God, just trust me, right? Um, You know, I think it's, you're right, I mean, I think a lot of people think that without, and part of why I feel like, well, part of it has to do with power. There's a sense mm-hmm. of struggle for power, particularly for white folks, white cis males in particular, um, to hold control, the money. Because we all know that in evangelical circles, right? I mean, white conservative money is, is so what... So much money. So much money, right? I'm talking billions. Yeah. Billions. <laughs> the the world of missions is a multi-billion. I talked about this in my book. This is a yeah. multi-billion dollar industry and stuff. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons why I walked away from all Christian academic guilds, ASM, Association of Missiologists, APM, American Professors of Missiology, AYME, all of that shit. I was like, I'm I'm done. Because y'all ain't yeah. trying to do shit for change. We're talking about the yeah. same thing that we was talking about in 1995. Okay, yeah. so I'm, I'm done. But I also think, and this is what got me thinking with, with y'all, because I'm definitely like, man, let's burn the shit down. But I also don't think, for me, everybody thinks that, right, it's like once it's down, it's like, you know, again, Christians have, have, have feared like, oh, there's going to be Blade Runner and Children of Men and, you know, cats and dogs are going to be living together and God damn, you know. And I'm just like, I don't know. It's the same thing that I feel about alien life. It's like, I don't think they're out there to fucking kill us. Like, there's plenty of resources that aliens would want that exist in the asteroid belt why would you come to a, a, a planet that's already polluted, filled right, with right. bacteria that you probably don't have an immunity system to? Why not bring us into the galactic fellowship and stuff? But again, Hollywood is just confused us into thinking, oh, well, because, you know, we again, we and this is one of the things I'm trying to work out in the, some of the own stuff that I'm doing. I, we base off. And I'm not saying we like you and me. I mean, this is this is anyone listening. I'm talking about. We base so much stuff off of our own perspective that it's easy for white folks and white scientists, right, to be like, oh, well, if aliens come, they're going to colonize us like the Europeans did. No, that's y'all ancestors, man. That's that's what y'all motherfuckers did. Don't be putting that shit on on, on other life forms that haven't right. been colonized, right? So right. I don't know. And I think I, I, just, I just think that, you know, and there's such a lust and... 
really uh, almost the levels of masturbation, porn and masturbation levels of, of the church over youth and young people, man. It's like, oh, my God. Oh, it was like orgasmic for, for the church when they think about young people. They're losing their soul. And now they don't even know what the fuck Gen Z is. Y'all niggas haven't even stopped, you know, talking about, you know, the devils in the boomer generation and wearing leather jackets and slick hair. And now y'all want to talk about fucking Gen Z. For real? You know what I'm saying? I mean, but Dan, I've been in these conversations with these evangelicals. The answer is evangelism. I know. And apologetic. I know. I know. Yeah, still. The answer. Still. You know, I'm not in those conversations anymore. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Um, yeah, me neither. I have to laugh, <laughs> right? Because I have to laugh with the whole Hollywood thing. And, and the reason why Hollywood depicts that is that who else knows better what colonization would look like but those white Hollywood types? Exactly. Right? They're afraid of happening to them what they've already done. And I agree. I think there's, there's a lust for power, and I think that that continues even in this cycle of relief and recovery from a daily uh gaslighting and like it's like a tick right like i'm flinching all the time right from the past four years right and my body has to kind of reprogram itself to be normal and relaxed and not constantly Mm -hmm. in a state of fight and flight um but we've seen right over the years the like the evangelical movement and then exvangelicals and there there's a posturing for power and influence and money there and progressive spaces it's the same thing um a level of influence begets power begets more influence and and there's you know for me it's the like yeah I can easily throw out the burn it all down in part because I I have no institutional connections at all anymore. And I am quite literally a suburban mom. I don't know. I'm an empty nester. I mean, my kids have all <laughs> college and one's left home. And, and so there I am, for me... Again, these situations that keep coming up just remind me that we are horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As I always say, because humans. Because humans. Yeah. People are awful. And, you know, sadly, a reminder that it is as often people who claim Christ as <laughs> it is people who don't. And, if that doesn't concern the church with a capital C, no blog post of mine is going to make a difference. Right. That's not. Yeah. That's not. And um and and with that realizing I want to I want to live and I want to live in a healthy less triggered sort of existence. Yeah. And to stop expecting the church capital C to behave any differently until it's proven otherwise. And I think that's where I'm at is um, the church, conservatives, progressives, have we have all behaved in the same way. Yes. And so I, if I can't change them, all I can do, this is good therapy work, right? then you, the only thing you can change is the way you respond. 
and react in that space. And so I am trying to retrain myself to not go into fight and flight. Yeah. And just be like, Uh. maybe I'll talk about this tomorrow or I'll post something today and wait a few days. Cause you know, someone's going to say something stupid in the meantime, let them. (laughs) Yeah. That's a really good word. I yeah, like that. it is. It is. Um, have y'all? Because I know, and I maybe I'm bringing it up, and I know we're at our time. I mean, we're. I know y'all both busy and moving and grooving. Um, I got you know. Uh, but I, I, I know there was something that, particularly Kathy, for you, you. I know you had went to Baylor, and there was that whole fallout <laughs> from that. Um, and I'd also know. Oh, what's her name? She. Um, She's got a huge following on Instagram and Twitter. She's Native American. She's indigenous. Caitlin Curtis. Yes. I know she had another she had a problem with them as well. Um, have y'all had any more incidents? Like I guess again, I don't, I mean, this is I this is what I do. You're right. I don't I'm not in those circles any oddly enough, a lot of those goddamn organizations that don't want me to to come, and I won't put any on blast. I, I y'all know exactly who I'm talking about. These these three letter, four letter organizations. Yep. I won't I won't put nobody on blast, but y'all niggas still sending me, you know, emails to give y'all money. I'm like, oh, you want my money, but you don't want my teaching. Okay. All right. All right. I see how that goes. But but I also get it. At the same time, I get it because that's I mean, I was a part of that world for a long time. I think so. I mean, anything, any, you know, any last thoughts here as you're thinking about, you know, speaking in chapels? I don't, I don't, like I said, I don't speak in chapels anymore. I do, I do some online shit and I, I make, I, I have my passive income is starting to come either from music and just doing uh, outside shit outside of the, the Christian world, which is great. Great. Yes. yes. Um, Soon going to be also passive income from my world. So. There we go. See, come on. <laughs> and you know, no music passive income for me. So no worries on that listeners. <laughs> um, I still occasionally have been doing chapels. I have a lot more questions now when I get invites to those spaces about um, what I have to sign, <laughs> who the audience is. Uh, it's different now that it's virtual, mm-hmm. right? In that I'm not in a physical space. Uh, so I have different questions around that. And um, and I am also finding that the invitations come from different spaces because it's not going to be from the Baylors anymore, right? It's not going to be from those places, and that's totally fine. Um, and I, it's not so much uh, like, oh, the youth. I still will forever have a soft spot in my heart for college, right? And that... That's the, that's that time of life where I have seen with my own children, there is a uh, a time of maturing and leaving the nest and deciding what you're going to believe and how to behave and still need your mom and dad for money and laundry advice. Um, So I'm willing to say yes to those, but they're more on my terms. And I've said no to a lot of opportunities because uh, it's not worth my physical, mental, spiritual health Mm -hmm. to deal with the aftermath. And, And Baylor was definitely one of those saddleback seven years ago was definitely one of those where it was like, 
I tell people without fail once a month, there still is an email or a comment on a very old blog post that comes through um, that I will read, but will not post um, without fail, without fail. And those things are years old. Um, And, uh, and so I can only hope the energy I once put into all of that, I can put into staying sane and healthy. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I don't get asked by conservative Christian circles. And I've also learned, I think starting from last year, when I have, I'm very upfront. I'm like, well, I'm affirming. So if you have issues with that, don't have me come speak, you right. know, because I'm not compromising on that thing. So I I feel like I'm in that sweet spot right now where my platform isn't large enough, like Kathy's and mm-hmm. your stand, where oh, I'm, I'm like an open target to these crazy people. So like, I don't have, you know, heat on that. I get the occasional troll online or whatever, but I'm in that nice little soft sweet spot where it's like, I have somewhat of a platform, but not too big where I'm now like all over the place. Um, so I don't know, you know, in maybe it'll take forever. Maybe I won't ever get there. But so I'm kind of enjoying this spot where I can kind of say what I want to say, <laughs> not have people, you know, coming out of the woodworks to come and attack me. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's this really considering how much I've been in evangelical circles, this interesting notion that I'm not part of that world anymore um even more than i myself have exited out i've been somewhat not welcomed in and i'm not at all regretful for that because of hearing experiences that you have had kathy and others i'm like i don't i don't i don't need that so it's not worth the dime or the dollar i'd rather dance a pole than do that (laughs) shit to get some money to pay rent (laughs) Oh my gosh. This has been an enlivening conversation. I just, I seriously thank y'all both from the bottom of my heart to call y'all or to even talk, call y'all. No one calls anymore, right? Um, to text y'all. Phone won't answer. Right, well, the phone companies don't even care about minutes anymore. Like, God damn, they're like, ah, oh, free, fuck it. You know, just take all the minutes you want. Call, call wherever. Shit. You know, it's all about data now, right? Um, but to be able to text y'all at the last minute, I, I, I truly consider y'all like family. I mean, you know, cause that, where else are you going to get two professional women who are going all over the place doing things and just be like, yeah, let's, let's, let's have a conversation. So thank you so much for sharing and insight about this, uh, nefarious and just really vicious racism that we see, uh, particularly towards, towards Asians. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Dan. Thank you. Always. So fun.